Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your host. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And today we are going to be recapping the 2002 rom-com Sweet Home Alabama starring Reese Witherspoon, Josh Lucas, and Patrick Dempsey. Courtney, are you okay? Because there was a time you told me that you would never let us recap this movie because it was your favorite movie of all time. I just wanted to watch the movie and this was an excuse. And my husband said that if I don't at least mention that he hates this movie, he's going to be upset. Girl, watching it as a grown up is a different vibe. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to know if you're just like in a self-sabotaging mode that you want me to just drag your favorite movie to hell. (laughs) I don't want you to, but I do understand that (laughs) things have to happen. Actually, you know what's an interesting thing? These movies are time capsules for what society thought was romantic at a certain point in time. And Mm -hmm. at the time, they hit. I mean, listen, I can confirm because I watched in 2002 and it hit in 2002, but it doesn't (laughs) hit anymore. (laughs) I remember loving a whole lot of movies and then I rewatched them as adults and I'm like, huh. I don't think I understood everything that was going on in the movies. And like now I do. Reese Witherspoon plays a girl named Melanie Smooter. Who is going by the name Melanie Carmichael. Carmichael, that sounds fancy. So Melanie Smooter, aka Melanie Carmichael, is running away from her past by going to New York and becoming a fashion designer. Yeah, so she's originally from a very small town in Alabama. And right off the bat, we get the sense that she's ashamed of it, that that is mm-hmm. that is her biggest shameful secret is that she grew up kind of, I don't know if it's considered poor or just middle class, but she's so ashamed of it. So her parents live in a double wide, which mm-hmm. really isn't shameful. It's a house, you know? And yeah. honestly, I think what kids need to kind of understand is one you're not responsible for finances growing up so even if you were living in a tent like you didn't do anything wrong and like your parents are probably trying the best they can most people's parents are doing the best they can i believe that i really do so we have melanie she's an up-and-coming fashion designer in new york city she has her own line and she is preparing for a fashion show This fashion show is the biggest one of her career. There are going to be big time critics here. So she's very nervous about it. And of course, she has this really sweet boyfriend who's super supportive Mm -hmm. to the point where, and tell me if this is romantic or annoying, but he breaks into her house and then litters it with rose petals. There's like a million rose petals everywhere. And my first thought, what was your first thought? Who's going to clean this up? Who's going to clean this up? This girl is busy, okay? Mm -hmm. Who's going to clean this up? Who's going to water these 300 roses? You know how bad roses smell when they start to like mold? Yes. (laughs) It's going to smell like a butthole in there. If you really loved me, you would have bought me 12 Monsteras. You know what I'm saying? House Mm -hmm. plants. And then also a house plant sitter. Mm -hmm. Because her boyfriend has money. He comes from apparently a wealthy family. His mother is a judge and the mayor of New York. Mm -hmm. And he's the secretary of something. Yeah, he works for his mom technically. So he's, he's politically affiliated by his mom. It looks like he does like public works. He's a Nepo baby. He's a Nepo baby. But you know, the other thing too that we need to stress is that Melanie's 
boyfriend is played by Patrick Dempsey. And mm-hmm. Patrick Dempsey is also known as Dr. McDreamy from Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. He has eyes that just shred your heart and then melt it to a puddle. Yeah, he definitely, he has some piercing eyes, man. That guy has chemistry with everything. Like you put a houseplant next to him and that houseplant looks like it wants to jump his bones. Like he just has chemistry with anyone and everyone. I I don't get it, but I'm also here for it. We approve. After Melanie's show, her boyfriend arranges for her to get picked up and taken to, I don't even know what this is. It looks like he's about to traffic her. Right. (laughs) So the limo driver pulls up. She's like, where are we? And he doesn't tell her anything. He just kind of looks at her. It looks like the back of a warehouse. It looks like she's getting ready to get trafficked. Boyfriend Andrew meets her there. Mm -hmm. He leads her to this dark room. I don't know why men always like men don't understand how creepy it is to take a woman to an undisclosed location and lead her into a dark warehouse. Like, why don't you get that that's creepy? Honestly, even if my husband now did it, I'd be like, oh, did he finally snap? (laughs) Is he finally tired of my bullshit? But yeah, so Andrew switches on the lights. This isn't a warehouse. After all, it's actually Tiffany's. And he has closed down Tiffany's for Mm -hmm. her. And so you just see this sea of salespeople behind glass counters, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're all ready with options of rings. I hate this with women picking picking out their own rings. I actually love it. I would love to pick out my own ring. I I wouldn't. It's like okay, you literally had like one job, yeah, and you and you had me do it. It would prepare women better for marriage if men were just <laughs> like, hey, could you do this? Yeah. So Andrew gets down and he proposes to her, and she says, "Are you sure?" Ooh, I mean, that's kind of a rejection right there. She says, "Are you sure?" It's only been eight months, and Courtney, all of the salespeople, you could see their smiles freeze on their faces. They're just like, "This is gonna be so awkward if she says no." Right? Andrew gets up and says, "I don't normally ask questions that I don't already know the answer to," and I kind of I don't like his attitude. But do you think that maybe he's just so confident, which fair, because he's literally perfect in this movie yeah there's not a flaw to be found Mm. (laughs) he's mostly perfect i do feel like he's a bit presumptuous at times i mean obviously he gets on one knee and he's just like i know the answer to this question do you know the answer because if you don't i can write it down for you baby but you're (laughs) marrying me (laughs) like the answer is yes (laughs) well you know he asked her again she says yes. And then they pick out a ring. Then they go to the fundraiser thing where they're supposed to be meeting his mother at. And he's like, let's call your folks and tell them. And she's like, no. You know, he's excited. He wants her to call her friends and her family and tell mm-hmm. them. And immediately the vibes are sus because she's immediately like, you know what? I'm so happy and proud and excited to marry you. But could we just keep this between us? Yeah. She says that she hasn't been home in like seven years and she really thinks she should tell her parents in person. Which that makes sense. And But yeah. then she adds alone, like you shouldn't be there when I tell them. So so they've been dating eight months. He has not met her family. She's lying about her name. So, you know, the red flags are abound. But I only see them from her, to be honest with you. Oh, no, she has several red flags. 
Mel- Melanie asked Andrew, she's like, can we just keep this between ourselves for a little while, just for a few mm-hmm. days? And he's super chill about it. He's like, no problem. And so yeah. he just flips the wedding ring around so the diamonds in the palm of her hand, like that's, like no one's going to fucking notice. Like no one's going to notice that she has a ring on her wedding finger. Like if anything, it looks like you're already married if you only see the band. Yeah. Can I ask another question? Huh. I don't understand what this event is that they're going to, but there is a red carpet and the only quote celebrities are politicians. And so it's like, since when do people care about politicians like this? It's a fundraising event. So there's a lot of paparazzi. There is Mm -hmm. Um, because plot like what? Right. Maybe they're trying to insinuate that this family is somehow like the Kennedys of New York and everyone, Mm. because, you know, there was a lot of tabloid, water around the Kennedys where people are really interested in their in their dating lives. Andrew's mother gets there and she's talking to the paparazzi and one of them says, there's rumors that your son is engaged to Melanie Carmichael. Do you have a comment? And the mother goes, trust me, if my son was engaged, I'd have a comment. With an attitude of like, there's no way. But then when Melanie and Andrew get to the red carpet and they're walking down, you know, pictures are being taken. Melanie goes to say hi to her mother-in-law. And it's kind of, it's a little cold. Like the the relationship is just weird. Like the mother-in-law acts really, you know, smiley and, oh, it's a pleasure to see you. But you could just tell they don't like each other. Melanie still calls her your honor. (laughs) Because she's a judge. Yeah. Do you imagine having to call your mother-in-law your honor? I would never. She like grabs Melanie's hands and she like, mm-hmm. you know, kisses her cheek. Melanie's trying to like jerk her hand away. And the mm-hmm. mother-in-law just flips the ring over and screams, you're engaged? In front of all of these reporters. So obviously this is the best cover story because you have this obviously high profile couple that's now mm-hmm. engaged. That, that's a story on its own. But having the mother-in-law find out on the red carpet and then her face is so, what is it? Is it shock? Is it rage? Is it? It. I think I think it's sh- shock and bewilderment because her face literally looks like she just walked in on Melanie giving her son a blowjob in her office. <laughs> right. Like she's like, oh, right. she is she is so shocked. And also you would think as a judge and a politician, she would have a better poker face. She does right, not. Right. I guess not for her son. But yeah, so now this is essentially Melanie's engagement announcement because it's all Mm -hmm. over the newspapers. Yeah, and Melanie, who had planned on going back home to Alabama, has to move up her timeline and go immediately to Alabama. She's trying to get there before everyone else hears word that she's already engaged. Mm -hmm. So we see her driving down to Alabama. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, man, she's got this stank face as she's driving through town. It just really rubbed me the wrong way like listen I used to be a city girl a long time ago I considered myself a city girl I grew up in Brooklyn yes but to look down on a small town like that is so snobby bitch this is where you're from this is what made you this is your people but yeah she's driving through town and you could just see her face like ugh, this is not New York City well she doesn't go to her parents house right away she has to make a couple detours And the first one is to a cute little house with this cute little front porch. There's a dog that's barking at her, a big old hound dog on the front porch. And I have a soft spot for hound dogs. Oh, because they've got those big sad eyes. And those droopy little ears. 
Yes. Well, this guy comes out of the house and at first he doesn't seem to recognize Melanie. He finally recognizes her when she says that she wants a divorce and pulls out papers from her purse. Right. Oh, so this is another one of her dark little secrets. Um, Melanie is currently married still. And mm-hmm. apparently she's been married for seven years because this guy says you've been gone for seven years. Apparently she sent these divorce papers to him several times and he always sends them back. So this guy, his name is Jake and he is played by Josh Lucas. Josh Lucas gives me Matthew McConaughey vibes. It gives me Matthew McConaughey vibes, but like Matthew McConaughey light. Light. Yes, yes, yes. Kind of, you know, like you're Mm -hmm. making a sim. When you're making a sim, you kind of like just tune down the attitude, tune down the charismatic Mm -hmm. and like all of that. Just, yeah, definitely Matthew McConaughey light. He he seems very angry. He does seem very angry. It kind of makes you wonder what happened between them. And what's weird is like when we find out what happened between them, it doesn't seem like it was her fault. It does not. It definitely seems like it was his fault. You know, we don't get the full picture, but we get enough information to where she says, I went to our wedding reception alone with puke down my dress because Jake was still drunk from the night before. So the backstory of their relationship is basically they met. Jake and Melanie Mm -hmm. met when they were 10 years old and they were in love so much uncomfortably so that the the movie actually opens with a scene of them Mm -hmm. on the beach kissing in the rain. And I'm just like, bro, these are literal children. Like, why are they kissing on screen? Like, uncomfy. (laughs) It it is because they were like baby babies, man. Yeah, but they were also, it was like, a French kiss. It wasn't like one of those cute little like pecs. Right. They were like open mouth kissing. I'm like, these are children, Hollywood. But yeah, so they they've been together. Well, you know, they fell in love when they were 10 years old. And then apparently Melanie got pregnant. Mm -hmm. And that is why her and Jake married. Jake had like an alcohol problem. He was an alcoholic or a borderline alcoholic. He drank a lot, um, which is common in the South. Not being an alcoholic, but drinking a lot is common in the South. There's nothing else to do, to be honest. Seems like part of the culture almost. It is part of the culture. (laughs) Um, And it's different because drinking in the South is part of the culture to where, you know, you get drunk and it's just like, yeah, like all husbands are borderline alcoholics, you know. But then in the North, like you don't talk about it, you Mm -hmm. know, in the South, like everybody knows in the North, like you keep it under wraps. That's a good point that in the South, everyone knows like, oh, that's Jake. He's a drunk. Mm -hmm. But up North, everyone that has an alcohol problem is mostly like a functioning alcoholic. Like they're Mm -hmm. they're going to their nine to five, you know, trading stocks. And no one knows that they just killed like three bottles of tequila the night before. No, nobody knows. Yeah. So Melanie ended up losing the baby. And I think when she lost the baby, she split town. That's why I don't understand why Jake is so angry with her because he seemed to have been the one with the problem. He was a drunk. He ruined their wedding. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the miscarriage wasn't her fault, obviously. Maybe he's mad at her for leaving. I don't know. Maybe she left without saying goodbye. That's actually never explained. It's never explained exactly when she left or how she left. It's just kind of explained that she left. Don't you think that's an important detail, though? How she left, I think, is so important. 
Did she sneak out in the middle of the night and not tell anybody where she was going? Did her parents know where she was going? Did somebody help her? How did she afford to leave the small town in Alabama and go mm-hmm. to New York City? New York City is not cheap. Oh, girl. Something tells me she was she was twerking that little southern booty and making some dollar bills. Could you imagine Reese Witherspoon as a stripper? Yes. I cannot. <laughs> You she just seems so sweet. I cannot imagine her like shaking it. Listen, anyone who was of age in the early 2000s and wasn't a stripper, honestly, you missed a golden opportunity because you could have been raking in that money with zero evidence that it was happening for your future. You know, that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. There would have been no pictures because people didn't take pictures back then. Like, yeah, we had digital cameras, but we only took them to special occasions, you know? Well, also, if this movie took place in 2002, that means she left Alabama in 1995. Oh, you're right. So that was way before even people had digital cameras. People would have had to have a disposable camera. Do you know how long it takes to like wind up with disposable camera? Right. You miss half the show. Anyways, we'll just assume that she probably did twerk at some point mm-hmm. on a pole you go girl love it you know it. what get that bag baby get that bag get that bag anyways he's refusing to sign the papers he's like no i don't think so i don't know why she thought it would be so easy if she tried before you know how like sometimes we have that thing that needs to get done but we just keep thinking like uh, oh, you know whatever i'll get it done later and now it's later and it needs to be done today because she's uh-huh. she's not only getting married, her fiance wants to get married by the end of the year. Like he wants to get married stat. Yeah, he wants to get married in four months. She's like, shit, I finally have to go get this divorce taken care of. Which honestly, it's been seven years. You can tell Melanie's not hurting for money. So mm-hmm. I don't understand why she hasn't already started the process of a contested divorce. Yeah, that's a good point. I just feel like maybe she didn't really deep down want it. Want it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jake is done talking, storms away and locks her out of the house. And in the time that he goes from the front of the house to the kitchen, Melanie finds the spare key and just lets herself in. And he calls the police on her. He calls the sheriff's department. Uh Uh-huh. And can I just say, she also calls Jake a, quote, Dumb, stubborn, redneck hick. And I don't know, that sounds kind of racist, (laughs) low-key. You know what? Those are definitely um, Southern slurs. And that's kind of what, like, sends him off. Well, you could tell that he feels like she looks down on him. Because she does. Because she does, but it's he, he sees it, he understands it. And so I think when she says that, that really gets to him. And it turns out that the sheriff is now, there's a new sheriff in town. There is a new sheriff in town. (laughs) And he's one of Melanie's childhood friends. When he sees her, the sheriff comes in and he goes, well, if it isn't felony Melanie... Felony Melanie. Can you imagine? They give each other a big hug. Wade, the sheriff, is like, Melanie, listen, you can't just go break it into people's homes. She's like, I didn't break in. I used the key. My key. They're still married. You Uh know, Jake and Melanie are spouses. And so the sheriff is like, "Uh, she didn't commit a crime. She is your spouse and she has a key. Like, I don't know what you want me to do here. And Jake is such an asshole. He starts rattling off crimes that Melanie committed as a kid until one sticks and the sheriff has to arrest her. Yeah. So at first he's like, so I suppose stealing steaks from Winn-Dixie is okay. And Melanie's like, I took them back and you know it. He's like, what about that vandalism down there at the ranch? And Melanie goes, like I could tip a cow by myself. 
Jake knows how to hit and he goes, Wade, isn't there still an outstanding warrant for whoever drove your mama's tractor into the fish pond? Next thing we know, Melanie's being photographed at the uh, police station. Mm-hmm. What a rat. Jake is such a rat. Melanie calls her mom and dad from jail. And she does tell her parents she's in jail right away. She was like, hey, um, I'm actually in town. And the mom is so excited. Her mom was so excited to talk to her, which just kind of goes to show that they don't hear from her ever. So like, not only is she living in a different city and ashamed of where she came from, but she's actively cutting out her parents. Like she doesn't talk yeah. to her parents really. And it, that's sad. Like, I don't know. I don't like her, to be honest. You know, that's sad. But also it looks like Melanie has made an effort you know, she references plane tickets that she bought her parents that they never used. And it looks like her parents probably don't call her that often either. And this was strange, but one of the main points of contention between Melanie and her parents seemed to be that she moved to the north, that she's a Yankee now. I don't think you understand. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really that big of a deal? It, it is like if you want to move from Alabama to Louisiana or Mississippi or like one of the Carolinas, Tennessee, even, you know what? You go right ahead. You're going to move to New York. No, absolutely not. What is it about it? I don't know. Her dad's a Confederate reenactment soldier. So like yeah. it's he has a Confederate flag pillow on his couch. He like... does. <laughs> They're they're in it. You know, I all due respect, I just don't see any other country celebrating the traitors that stabbed their country in the back and tried to secede and then went to war and, and caused all this death. That's true. And also, in the grand scheme of things, the Confederacy was a very short-lived thing. Here are things that lasted longer than the Confederacy. RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> Starbucks. Yeah. Um, Barack Obama's presidency. The Confederacy was only seven years, right? Yeah. In the span of a 200 plus year old country. Uh -huh. And so I would love to understand, but I cannot wrap my head around the pride, why you would be proud that your ancestors betrayed your country, because that's really what happened, you know? Yeah. Mm hmm. I mean, well, all Americans kind of did with the Revolutionary <laughs> War. Right. <laughs> um, but that was for freedom. Bald eagle screech. Um, <laughs> did you know other countries celebrate Fourth of July? Why? It's like how like we celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Like oh. other countries celebrate Fourth of July. Yeah. And it's like the most stereotypical thing ever. It's like America Day. It's like today we have burgers and yes. do, do we do the eagle screech and uh, <laughs> yes. <do> fireworks. <laughs> yes. I love it. I want to go to another country's 4th of July celebration. That sounds like fun. They have like giant Uncle Sam statues, like inflatables. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Anyways, so Melanie's dad goes and picks her up. You could tell that dad is kind of on Jake's side. I don't love that because Melanie has to remind her dad, like, listen, he had an alcohol problem. He didn't even attend his own wedding reception because he was passed out drunk and he threw mm -hmm. up on my dress. I don't know how she didn't leave him immediately after that. She's like, daddy, can you just please pay attention to me, your only daughter? Like, I know Jake mm -hmm. is the son you never had, but I am your flesh and blood. So... Yeah. Maybe ask me how I'm doing. 
So Melanie is going to be in town a little longer than she expected. So she has to go to the bank and get some money out. And because this is such a small town and the bank teller is someone that she knows, the bank teller is like, oh, which account? Do you mean your joint account with Jake? Yeah, she didn't know she had a joint account with Jake still. Like, obviously, she knew she had one, but I guess she just assumed that when she skipped town, Jake would take her name off the account. This seems to spark an idea in Melanie and... She accesses this joint account and apparently it has a lot of money in it, which is very suspicious to her because Jake is supposed to be this poor boy who works like at a mechanic shop. He works at a tire factory. And yet he has this huge savings account. Mm -hmm. Melanie clears the account out. Right. I think her new strategy is like, oh, you don't want to divorce me. I am going to be the most annoying wife you wish you didn't have he comes home he sees all his stuff gone and he's like what the fuck he really loses his shit when he opens the fridge and she has light beer in the fridge (laughs) instead of regular beer she might as well spit in his face you know right and he's like what is this chick food there's a lot of toxic masculinity throughout this movie that just kind of just makes me groan. It's so tired. Listen, Jake is just kind of one big red flag. I'm not a fan of Jake. I don't like how he talks to her. I mean, I guess in the beginning, I'm like, oh, he's mad at her for some reason. But then as the movie goes on, you kind of get the sense that this is just his personality. Like he is just an asshole. He's like, you know what, darling? He's like, you go ahead and spend your money. And she goes, I thought you said it was our money jake realizes that she is using his money and he is pissed like doesn't he like punch a wall or something he throws an empty beer can kind of red flaggy kind of red flaggy he's getting a little emotional and he needs to calm down sir (laughs) sir i cannot talk to you when you're this emotional she's like you wanted a wife you got one and he's pissed and she's like just sign the damn papers jake He refuses to sign them. And so, you know, she's just determined to make his life hell to the point where she goes to the town bar and she crashes a date that Jake has. She just walks Mm -hmm. up to the date and she's like, oh, hi, you must be Jake's date. I'm his wife. And I just want to say that Jake's date does not look concerned that he has a wife. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, Jake's probably a catch in that small town. He's probably a catch. (laughs) She crashes his date. Two of her old childhood friends talk about how Melanie is has become a snob and mm-hmm. she has to stick up her ass. And so Melanie now has something to prove that she isn't a snotty Yankee bitch. She decides to stick around for the rest of the night. She gets drunk and plays pool. And that somehow turns into an argument. She starts talking shit about people at the bar to the extent that she outs one of her friends who is gay Mm -hmm. and girl isn't that just about the worst thing you can do to a young man in the deep south in the early 2000s yes and see here's the thing just kind of assuming and knowing is a big difference you know Mm -hmm. even the military had the don't ask don't tell policy like people Mm -hmm. were like afraid of homosexuality (laughs) it was really weird you're gonna catch the gay (laughs) like you're just gonna accidentally like catch a dick in your ass like you're fine (laughs) you're fine timothy you're going to be okay it'll only happen if you wanted to (laughs) yeah i'm just saying that gay men seem to understand consent a whole lot better than straight men do most of the time all right (laughs) yeah um anyways 
that was not cool, Courtney. We cannot brush past how uncool it was that she outed her friend. And everybody seems to be on the same page that she's out of line. It's funny because you would have thought that they would have turned on him and they all turned Mm. on her. Yeah. And so then she starts screaming at everybody in the bar. And then she just storms out. At this point, I'm wondering if this is why Jake hates her because... She's out in the parking lot. Jake follows her and she is pissed drunk. She's ranting about how much she hates this town and how much it sucks. And how she's better than them. And how she is better than them. And then she's trying to get in a car when she can barely walk a straight line. Mm -hmm. And Jake does the responsible thing. So he drives Melanie home. His date follows them in Melanie's car. Mm Mm-hmm. You you can tell this is not the first time Jake has brought a drunk passed out Melanie home to her parents. Right. Her parents are like, okay, right this way. You know where her room is. We know the procedure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's all these allusions to young Melanie being this horrible troublemaker. Here's the thing. She probably was a horrible troublemaker, but she probably wasn't a perpetual drunk. Like, listen, does drunk Rosemary ever try to fight people? Because drunk Courtney does. <laughs> no, you know, to be honest with you, being drunk just makes me want to like dance. I always think I can get I can dance when I'm drunk. Can you? No. Okay. <laughs> it makes you think you can fight? Okay, so I can't fight. It just makes me think that I can fight anybody. Oh, gotcha. The next morning after this wild night, Melanie wakes up and the signed divorce papers are on her pillow. Jake mm-hmm. finally signed them. And I'm thinking, mission accomplished, but now everyone in town hates you, including me. I hate her as well. Like, I yes. literally don't like her. So Melanie gets up, she gets dressed, insults her parents. Wait, how does she insult her parents? When she comes out of her bedroom in the morning, her dad's getting dressed in his Confederate uniform to go do the reenactments. And she's like, Christ almighty, daddy, you're still doing that? Oh, yeah. It's like, why are you talking down to your dad? If it's something he enjoys, let him do it. Listen, it pays. The tourists love it. You know, like Jesus. Well, Melanie goes to the post office. She mails out her divorce decree to the attorney to get filed Mm -hmm. and stuff. She asks the guy at the post office what Bobby Ray's address is. Bobby Ray is the friend that Melanie outed in the bar. And Mm -hmm. essentially what Melanie is doing right now is she's going on an apology tour. And she starts off going to Jake's place and she tells him that she put the money back in his account. And he's like, thanks, that's going to keep a lot of checks from bouncing. She does the type of apology that I hate, which is when people apologize without apologizing, because she just looks really sad. And she says, I never meant to hurt you. And I'm sorry, but that's not an apology, because what you meant to do does not matter. All that matters is what you actually did. Well, see, I don't think she actually owes Jake an apology. Well, she was rude to him. Oh, okay. And he like... (laughs) Almost ruined her life. So I don't think she owes Jake an apology. I think that her and Jake have done each other wrong kind of equally to where I think that they she can just give him his money back and just call it even. I guess. I don't know how to feel about that. If I'm not getting an apology for the wrongs that you've done to me, you can go ahead and die mad because you're not getting one from me. I see what you mean. So it's like you think she shouldn't apologize for anything she does until he apologizes for what he did. Yes. Which he never does. No, he never does. 
So you're going to die mad at him. <laughs> no, he can die mad about it. <laughs> um, so then Melanie goes to apologize to Bobby Ray, the friend that she outed. Mm-hmm. And Bobby Ray is helping out at this big plantation really mm-hmm. like a mansion and it just so happens to be the place that she's pretending to be from like everyone mm-hmm. in new york thinks that she's from this wealthy family because that's that was the wealthy family in town and that's who she mm-hmm. like fantasized about being she goes there the housekeeper lets her in and she goes out back there is an old man in a confederate uniform that is shooting anvils out of a cannon crazy stuff <laughs> Yeah, and she does apologize to Bobby Ray. She does, and I don't know, girl, like it just gets glossed over. Like, oh, I'm so sorry I outed you in the Deep South in the early 2000s. You understand, I just needed to divert attention. Yeah. She basically admits to just throwing him to the wolves because she needed a minute. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, too many people were mad at me, and so I needed a scapegoat. And you were just gay and available. Yes. On her way out of this plantation mansion, a reporter comes up to Melanie and says that he's there to do a story about her family at this mansion where she supposedly lives. And see, here's the thing. The reporter is actually Andrew's mom's secretary. How does Melanie not recognize him? (laughs) I mean, would you know the employees of your mother-in-law? I mean, well, he seems to follow her around pretty closely. So, like, probably. Listen, New Yorkers have a thing where they don't look many people in the eyes, okay? You're trying to remember as few people as possible. You just come in contact with too many people at once. Right. You know, Melanie thinks that this guy's a reporter and she's obviously scared. But in reality, it's worse than that because, yeah, her mother-in-law has done some digging. And honestly, this is what I don't Mm. understand about Melanie. She's been gaining success as a designer Mm -hmm. under a fake name. And she had a profile done about her for some magazine where she concocted this whole story about being from this rich, wealthy, cotton family, which like, honestly, is that something to brag about? Like, maybe in maybe in the early 2000s, you could get away with that. These days, you would be playing that shit down. Okay, (laughs) these days, you'd have been like, no, I was poor. I was so poor. I was so poor. I don't even wear cotton. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, I just don't understand how she thought she could get away with that. But I guess, Uh again, early 2000s was a different time. They always say the best lie has the most truth in it. So did she not think that anybody was ever going to go looking for like this plantation? Did she never think that she would have to like come clean about her past? And she didn't even let like the people know that she was like pretending to be part of that family. She never even let them know like, hey, by the way, if anybody comes asking, how did it take seven years for somebody to... (laughs) Right, right. Well, I think she's just now starting to get famous. But just the audacity of her to think that she could somehow be super famous and nobody would call her out. Like, you know, one of her hometown people would have sold the story if she got super famous. Well, it seems like her hometown sort of collectively decided that, like, they don't talk about Melanie. I just can't help but see the giant red flag in the fact that Melanie grew up being felony Melanie, just constantly committing crimes Mm -hmm. as a child, which like red flag might be a sociopath. And then she grows up to live a false life and these like illusions of grandeur. Like I'm over here diagnosing her and something is 
not okay with this girl. Yeah, it's like the whole town seemed to have taken Jake's side. Yeah. The This reporter shows up, says he's from the New York Post, and he wants to do a story on her since she's marrying the mayor's son. And she tries to get rid of him. He's like, I'll just come back. She's like, okay, never mind. We can go real quick. <laughs> and so she's not supposed to be in the house. She's just kind of sneaking around. And Bobby Ray catches her coming out of a closet that she went into to avoid the housekeeper. But Bobby Ray, despite the fact that, again, just the night before, Melanie mm-hmm. outed him to the whole town, he covers for her. He tells the reporter that he is Melanie's cousin. And then he helps Melanie give this guy a tour of the place. And uh-huh. so this this reporter, who, by the way, we know is not a reporter. He's just a spy for her mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. He leaves really thinking that she is, you know, who she said she was. Yeah. And then Bobby Ray's like, well, aren't you just a big fat liar? Because she is. Oh, my yes. God. <laughs> well, see, and Bobby Ray knew that she was using a fake name because he had referenced some newspaper or magazine articles that she had been mentioned in. So mm-hmm. Bobby Ray already knew she was using a fake name. I would imagine that if someone's getting big, if someone from your very small hometown that everybody knows is getting big, I would think that people would know that she was using a fake name. But everybody seems ignorant to it. Yeah. So Melanie is still on her apology tour. She Mm -hmm. goes to, it's like, it seems like a town fair or something. Yeah. And she goes to apologize to her friend who, by the way, (laughs) we didn't mention this, but in that scene where she was at the bar, one of her high school friends was there and she had a baby on her hip at the bar. Yeah. And she goes, this one's still on the tit so I can cart him anywhere. Yes. And so Melanie goes to see this friend to apologize to her. She does. She goes to apologize and she kind of apologizes to everybody as a group. Jake shows up. Mm-hmm. with Bobby Ray and he's like hey he's like I found Bobby Ray out there debating whether or not to come join us he's like could anybody think of a reason as to why Bobby Ray would be uncomfortable oh poor Bobby Ray and everyone's just like nope Bobby Ray's welcome and Jake's like <laughs> all right then let me buy you a drink and Bobby Ray goes you're not really my type <laughs> I love how now it's just like an open secret. I love that his friends aren't abandoning him just because it could have went so much worse for Bobby Ray. Yeah, and you know what? In reality, it probably would have. Mm-hmm. It was really, really hard to be gay, especially in the Deep South at this point in time mm-hmm. in the early two thousands. Yeah, it's you either had to move away or get married to a, a woman. Like those <laughs> yeah. were those were the only options. Yes. I don't know. I mean, so all of Jake's friends are there and Melanie is just kind of like like a hanger on, but she tries to, you know, Mm -hmm. enjoy herself. I don't think anybody wants her there. It it seems. No. I mean, it kind of seems like they've forgiven her, but no one's sweating her. You know, like I think Melanie thinks people should be sweating her because she's from the big city now. I think they're kind of just wishing she would go back to New York. Yeah. I feel like everyone's just kind of like, when are you going home, Melanie? Like, why are you here? Uh huh. Like, I, you're too good for us, remember? You're better mm-hmm. than we are. Well, Jake takes the woman with the baby at the bar. He takes her out to dance. And then Melanie's dancing with that woman's husband. The husband and wife pair back up on the dance floor. And Jake offers Melanie a dance. And Melanie's just kind of like, uh, I don't think so. 
I mean, she says, I think we should talk instead. Yeah. She wants to have a conversation with him. And some something about this rejection on the dance floor to the tune of Sweet Home Alabama, mm-hmm. it was a strike too far for Jake. Well, also, Melanie's mom is in the background with two other women. The two other women are like, oh, my God, look at those two just drawn together like magnets. And you could tell Melanie's mom's like, oh, shit. She's going to get digmatized by this boy again. <laughs> right. Uh, so Jake ends up leaving Melanie on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. And later that night, Melanie is walking back to her parents' house by herself. And she stops by the pet cemetery. And it mm-hmm. seems like her and Jake shared a dog at some point. He was a bloodhound named Bear. Jake has a new bloodhound named Bryant. But Melanie goes in and finds Bear's grave basically just like breaks down to bear and she says that she would have came sooner if she known he was sick and then she's like no that's probably a lie and she says how she's been so (laughs) selfish yeah she's like i'm actually a terrible person i probably would not have come Mm -hmm. she has an emotional monologue at the dog's grave Mm -hmm. as we all would because we don't deserve dogs and they exist just to remind us that we are not good enough right because honestly humans don't deserve dogs They don't. Like, you don't know the unconditional love until you have a dog that idolizes you. I know. It, like, shreds your heart because you know you don't deserve it. And you just, like, hung the moon for them. Mm -hmm. There is nothing you could do to your dog that would make them stop loving you. And it's so heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Because, honestly, I have a theory that if your dog knew that there was a bone under all that meat, they would rip your leg off, you know? But they just don't know. Probably. <laughs> I'm always scared. <laughs> my dog my dog loves bones. And I'm like, oh, my God, I hope she never realizes that there are so many juicy bones around her. How long do you think it would take your dog to eat you if you died and there was nobody else at the house? This is such a weird conversation. Why are we? <laughs> Why are we the way that we are? <laughs> Why are we the way that we are? So Jake overhears the monologue while she's at the pet cemetery talking to Bear. He comes up behind her. And they kind of have like this heart to heart. It's the first time that they've had a heart to heart because every Mm -hmm. other time they've just yelled at each other and called each other names. Mm -hmm. He has called her a bitch multiple times. Yes. And she's basically called him a loser multiple times. Yeah. Jake asks Melanie, do you ever wonder what would have happened if we hadn't gotten pregnant? Mm -hmm. And he said for the longest time, he thought that a baby would have been an adventure. But then as time went by, he realized that that baby would have been the only adventure Melanie ever had. He realized that that baby would have kept her in that town for the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. She agrees and she actually feels extremely guilty because she was relieved when she had the miscarriage. Mm -hmm. That's such a complicated emotion to wrestle with. The fact that, you know, you're pregnant with a baby that you didn't necessarily want, but you don't want to lose. That's such a terrible position to be in. Mm -hmm. But... Melanie and Jake, you know, they get a little bit closer. In this moment, Jake apologizes for being too drunk to attend their reception. Mm -hmm. I think that was needed. But then also, I don't know. It seems like you don't just get too drunk to attend your reception. I think you have had a history of like, you know, drunken escapades that maybe you need to apologize for. Yeah, it's not just like, a oh, he got drunk just that once. Yeah, it's it seems like he was a drunk. Yeah. And Melanie just kind of stares at Jake and kisses him. I mean, he kisses her back. I think at this point, we should all point our fingers and yell out, whore, 
whore. <laughs> I mean, Melanie is cheating on her fiance right now. Melanie is cheating on her fiance with her husband. Right. And it was it's Jake that pushes her away. And he says, go home. She looks kind of mad. I mean, she looks offended, honestly. Yeah. And so that's supposed to be her last night there because the next day, her mom's like, you need to get as far as you can away from this town. You need to go back to the man who put that giant rock on your finger and marry him. <laughs> get out of here. Yes. Because yes. again, mom is afraid that she's going to get digmatized by Jake again. Right. And so Melanie is leaving, but she needs to say goodbye to her father. So mm -hmm. her father is in the middle of a Civil War reenactment. Mm -hmm. And it's the funniest scene to me because she has to walk through a field of men in Confederate uniforms that are pretending to be dead. Mm -hmm. And she has to check each one of them like where her dad is. And she's like, Daddy, Daddy. And finally, one of the men gets tired and he sits up and he's like, who are you trying to find? Okay, <laughs> like, I'll help you. Right. And she's like Earl Smooter. And he's like, he's getting ready to surrender. And I think this is her first time watching her dad do the reenactment because she mentions to her mother later, like, wow, it was really cool. Like watching dad do that bit where they surrender. Yeah. Um, side note, they're traitors. But um, <laughs> yeah, like. It's neither here nor there. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to slide on right past that. But she she waits for her dad. But while she's waiting for her dad, Andrew shows up at the Carmichael mansion. Fiance Andrew shows up at the mansion where she's supposed to be from. Mm -hmm. Okay. He is walking up the steps at the same time that Jake is walking up the steps. Uh-huh. Because Jake is going there to uh, visit his friend. You know, he knows that his friend volunteers there, his friend Bobby Ray. And so Jake mm -hmm. is walking up and Andrew's walking up. And uh, it's kind of a tense, little tense scene there. Jake goes, you here to see Bobby Ray? He thinks Bobby Ray has a date. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm actually hoping to surprise Melanie. Melanie Carmichael at the same time that Jake says Melanie Smooter and they're like oh different girls that's right you know yeah they they realize like oh we're talking about different people because Jake doesn't know that Melanie goes by a different name he how does he not fucking know I know it's just I call cap on that because you know he was stalking her and you know he knew everything mm -hmm. about her I find it very hard to believe that his good friend knew and he didn't but in any case when they both come up to the door Bobby Ray, he answers the door when he and Jake both realize that this man is actually Melanie's fiance and that they have to keep up this lie. Mm -hmm. Jake ends up saying, oh, I'm actually Melanie's cousin. And then Jake offers to drive Andrew to the battlefield to go see Melanie. Andrew asks about this other Melanie that he doesn't know, Melanie mm -hmm. Smooter, who, you know, is the real Melanie. And Jake tells this very, uh, I don't, listen, Jake gets like this, this cloudy look on his face, like he's remembering this wonderful story. And he tells a story about <laughs> Melanie, when she was 10 years old, she strapped dynamite to a cat with cancer and sent the cat to blow up a bank. Mm -hmm. Um, Girl, if she was a terrorist, just say she was a terrorist. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? He's like, oh, yeah, well, like, the cat was scheduled to die anyways. Melanie just thought blowing it up with dynamite was going to be more humane. Is anyone else seeing that Melanie is a fucking psychopath? Like, right? I'm sorry, does no one else see this? Fucking crazy. Listen, if my kids used any type of explosives near any animals, like, I would have them evaluated. But Jake says, yeah, she was quite the girl. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
So Jake and Andrew get to the battlefield right after dad finishes surrendering. So dad is coming towards Melanie in one direction. Andrew and Jake are coming to Melanie in another direction. She is trapped. All of her lies are converging in one place. Mm -hmm. Because not only has she lied about her name and, you know, kind of her upbringing, but also the man who's about to marry her doesn't know that she was married already. I mean, Mm -hmm. girl, this is this is bad news. Like this isn't something you should be keeping from your future spouse. Right. Dad's like, oh, Melanie, this must be your new special someone. Dad introduces himself as Earl Smooter. And then the pieces just all click. Right. So this is where Andrew realizes Melanie Smooter is you like you are Melanie Smooter. You're that psychopath that was blowing up cats. But strangely enough, he's not upset about the fact that she was blowing up cats, um, which I can't stress enough that this story was told with the cutest tone. Like it was just kids do the silliest things. Yeah, like, it, was, it was just told well, like this little cue aside. She says something about Jake and she's like, he's my husband, my husband, my ex-husband. And he's like, you married your cousin, Melanie? Jesus Christ. <laughs> this Andrew's like, what in the deep south did I just get myself into? What in the sweet home Alabama? <laughs> so obviously, Andrew is upset and he has every right to be upset. He storms off and Jake is upset as well because Jake actually says, you know, it must be exhausting living a lie. Okay. I mean, but it doesn't look exhausting to her, to be honest. Honestly, I don't feel like Jake has any right to be upset about any of this. Are you serious right now? Yes. Uh, Listen, like, am I a Melanie fan? No. But do I think that Jake has a right to be mad at Melanie? No. Well, what ends up happening is Melanie goes home with her mother, all espresso depresso. And next thing you know, dad is walking in the front door with Andrew. Mm -hmm. And he has apparently changed his mind because, you know, sometimes people lie about where they came from and that they were married before. And their entire identity and past. I mean, (laughs) yes, sometimes people have a fake identity and they don't reveal it to you, nor did they have plans to reveal it to you even after Mm -hmm. you were engaged. Because that's the thing. She never intended on telling him the truth. I wonder if she legally changed her name. I assume she did because on the wedding papers, it said Melanie Carmichael. Okay, well, can we for a second pretend that Melanie is the man and that Andrew is the woman? It hits different when, you know, like it's... (laughs) Right? He's been lying. He had a whole ass wife. He blew up a cat in a bank. Girl. Mm, Garbage immediately. Yes, but because it's Reese Witherspoon, we're like, oh, she's just so quirky. Quirky girl. <laughs> yeah, so Andrew and Melanie just kind of reconcile almost immediately. And Melanie is like, instead of like the New York wedding or the Ireland wedding in four months, how about next weekend we do it here in my hometown? Oh, next weekend. Yeah, sure, 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 yeah, sure, yeah, sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. That's enough time <laughs> to plan an entire wedding and reception and get a dress. And oh, also, there's supposed to be like 300 people at this wedding. Yeah. They immediately start planning this wedding. Andrew has to go back to New York to explain to his mom the clusterfuck of possible publicity (laughs) that they are in for. Yes. Well, this is the only red flag I see with Andrew. He knows his mom doesn't like Melanie. He knows that his mom is upset he got engaged without telling her. He knows how his his mom is going to feel when he reveals all the lies that Melanie told. Mm -hmm. But Andrew loves pissing his mom off. 
He is so unbothered. I would love to get more backstory. I mean, I would imagine having a politician mom isn't easy, but it almost seems like he's with Melanie to piss off his mom, mm-hmm. which that is the biggest red flag. The only red flag I see. So you can tell me the, the other red flags you saw of Andrew. He just seems a little presumptuous. Like, it seems like he's so used to getting what he wants. Well, Andrew's mother talks a lot of sense because she's he's like, oh, what? He's like, you don't like poor people? She goes, I love poor people. I get elected by poor people. She's <laughs> like, I'm not mad that he's she's poor. I'm mad that she lied. Which yes. fair. Fair. I mean, that is a huge red flag because it's a lie that she had to carry for a mm-hmm. long time. And it's like, what else can she lie about? Andrew convinces his mother that this is a great idea. And I think he doesn't so much convince her as he tells her this is what's going to happen and she just sort of accepts her fate. So back in her hometown, everyone is, you know, getting to planning the wedding. Mm -hmm. And Melanie has her friends come and they actually stop by the shop. It's called Deep South Glass. Yeah, it's called Deep South Glass Company. They make this really amazing glassware that Melanie has seen around town and she's obsessed with. So she goes to where to where they sell it. And then she learns that Jake is the owner of the company and that he actually has has become very successful. Yeah. So this is how he has all that money in his account because she thought he was like selling drugs. <laughs> right. And, you know, this is supposed to be a cute little plot twist. But to me, it's annoying because it's like the plot twist is that Jake actually did something with his life. Uh Uh-huh. How is that a plot twist? (laughs) Well, and it's one of those things where like now he's, quote, worthy of Melanie. Yes. Well, because when she comes face to face with him, she feels terrible. And you could tell she feels terrible because it's almost like a reverse Cinderella story where Mm -hmm. she was like, oh, I didn't like you because you were poor, but you're actually rich. Like, ah, don't you see? I was confused. I didn't have all the information. (laughs) Right. Um, Well, also, I don't think she needs his money. She has her own money. He wasn't good enough for her before. Well, because he puked on her wedding dress. You know, like, that's the thing. I think that when they fell in love and they got married, they were young and dumb, not ready to get married. They were making bad choices. They weren't the same people they are now. Yeah, but she gave him no grace. When she came into town, she just assumed that he was the same guy and he had done nothing. She she never, you know, this is a pet peeve of mine is when people don't ask someone questions. They just assume they know everything about them. Mm -hmm. No, I can see that. Well, Jake sees her and Jake pretends like he doesn't know her. Ooh, damn. He's just like, oh, you know, well, have a look around. You know, I hope you find something you like. Well, the wedding planning, the wedding setup is in mm-hmm. full swing. It's it's wedding day, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a storm rolling into town, which like rain on your wedding day is supposed to be good luck. And I just don't see how that's true. Right. <laughs> well, like literally the heavens are like groaning at your wedding. And you're like, right? this is good luck, honey. <laughs> well, this gentleman with a cane and a hat walks into the town diner asking about Melanie. And they're like, huh, oh, nobody here knows a Melanie Carmichael. There's this man in in a top hat. Is it mm. a top hat? It's, it's, it's not, not a, top, a hat. top hat. I don't know what it's called. Hold on. It's not a fedora either. Can we pretend it's top hat just because I love old men in top hats? Well, this man is going around town looking for Melanie. And the problem is that he has her fake name and no one knows her by that fake name. So uh-huh. he can't find her. 
And Melanie is getting into her wedding dress and the guests mm-hmm. are taking their seats and she's coming out with her dad to walk down the aisle. Can I just say she is walking really fast up that aisle. Mm-hmm. She's like low key, just like shuffling her feet under her wedding gown. <laughs> right. <laughs> she's almost completely down the aisle. She's like two thirds of the way down this aisle when there's a commotion behind her. And the security at the wedding is tackling this old man with the hat and the cane. Melanie turns around to see what's going on and she recognizes him. And she's like, get off of him. So this is her lawyer. And he runs up the aisle and he tells her, Melanie, the papers aren't signed. And she's like, yes, they are. Like, Jake signed them. And then the guy goes, yeah, Jake did. You didn't. Isn't it interesting, though, she was so caught up with trying to get Jake to sign that she forgot to sign. I could see this happening. This would happen to me. Honestly, I would have signed that shit right away and been like, all right. Right. Well, because then McDreamy is right there. Her future husband, Andrew, just a whole goddamn snack. And he's waiting to marry her. And he's annoyed at this point. He's like, Melanie, you told me you took care of this. Like, can you can you sign this? Melanie says, Andrew, it was an honest mistake. Andrew's mother is like, okay, can we fix the mistake before we all get soaked? Yeah, the skies are rumbling up ahead. Jake's mom gives Melanie a pen and everyone waits patiently for Melanie to sign. Side note, all of these guests at this wedding are witnessing the ultimate tea. Okay, Mm -hmm. because they just heard out loud. They just heard that the bride that's about to get married is already married. Like, isn't that some juicy-ass gossip? (laughs) Yes. Well, Melanie hesitates. Then she just kind of drops the pen to the paper and turns to Andrew. And she's like, why do you want to marry me? Like, are you sure? Melanie tells him, you don't want to marry me. I gave my heart away a long time ago. And I never really got it back. Oh, whatever. This is supposed to be sweet. When I was young, I was like, oh my God, this is so sweet. Like, no, you're you're humiliating this guy. Yeah, and he is so fucking calm. He goes, wow, so this is what it feels like. He kisses her on the hand and just gracefully exits. I don't know, Courtney. I think Andrew is all the green flags. I don't care what you say. Can you imagine Jake in that moment? Jake would have flipped mm. over chairs. He would have cussed her out. Mm-hmm. called her a bitch he would have called her he would have called her mom a bitch and her grandma a bitch <laughs> yeah fuck your skank ass dusty musty ass grandmama but andrew has exited the room he is probably going to go get drunk but honestly i think nobody can blame him andrew's mom is like hell no yeah. she tells melanie she calls melanie a bitch and she does. she's like you are going to marry him you are not going to humiliate him like this Melanie's mom pipes in and she's like, now, now, there's no need for name calling. Melanie said her piece and that's that. Right. Melanie's mom is being the classy one. Andrew's mother says, oh, go back to your double wide and fry something. Mm, Melanie is not having it. She is not having it. She winds up and punches Andrew's mom directly in the face and says, nobody talks to my mama like that. Yes. Um, as a kid, I'm cheering. As an adult, I'm like, this is assault. <laughs> like, how you just how ass- did she not go to jail? <laughs> you just assaulted the mayor of New York and a judge. <laughs> oh, my God. Girl, they would throw the book at you, especially because she has like a record. Listen, <laughs> felony Melanie. <laughs> 
She knows the drill. Her attorney's on site. It's all it's all good. <laughs> what really gets me is that the skies open up and it just starts pouring rain. And Melanie runs up to the front of the aisle and everybody's scattering. And she's like, everybody, wait, I'm going to find me a groom. And I'm just like, what? what? <laughs> like, this isn't how weddings work, baby. Everyone goes back to the bar that... Jake's mom owns, which honestly, we shouldn't be surprised that he's an alcoholic. If his mom owns a bar. But can I say too, it's obvious when Melanie's like, I'm going to go find me a groom. She's talking about Jake. Mm -hmm. And what really gets me is the fact that this is the wedding that Andrew paid for and you want to like have it for your ex. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. This is so trashy. It is. This is so trashy. Well, she runs to go look for Jake. It's raining. He owns the Deep South Glass. She knows how glass is made. So she runs to the beach. He's putting out these giant poles so the lightning will strike them. She goes out there and she's like, hey, you owe me a dance. He's like, where's your husband? And she's like, I'm looking at him. Right. She tells him that the papers were never fully signed. And so they're still married. And don't you think like, Maybe he wanted to divorce her because he signed the papers and now he's probably like, ah, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I I signed the papers because you were a terrible person at that bar and I wanted to divorce you. Yeah. Anyways, he's like, what do you want to be married to me for? Mm -hmm. And she says the same thing that he said to her when they were 10 years old, which was so I can kiss you anytime I want. Very sweet. Very cute. They kiss. And then the sheriff pulls up. And I think he's going to arrest her for assault. And instead, he says, you just ran off on a perfectly good cake. Get in the car. What lawless kind of town is this? There's an assaulted elderly mayor judge. Have you never have you never been to the South? Like, are you telling me right now that Andrew's mother, who hates Melanie, is going to get punched in the face and humiliated in front of everyone she knows, and she's not going to press charges on Melanie? I think everybody at that wedding was already slapped with a huge NDA before they got there, and she's not about to make any of this shit public. I think she's going to go back to New York and keep her fucking mouth shut. Yeah, I guess I I like that explanation. It's plausible. It's definitely plausible. Not what I would like to happen, but... Anyways... Jake and Melanie get to the wedding reception that they never made it to and live happily Mm -hmm. ever after. The wedding reception happens at the bar because it's pouring rain outside. So everyone Mm kind of just carts the cake inside. And then there's people in the background just like desperately, you know, blowing up balloons. And the whole town gets together to help this girl that they they don't like. (laughs) They don't like her. But again... They still like Jake. I guess. All is forgiven and they live happily ever after, assumably. I don't buy it. Every interaction they had, they were screaming at each other, calling each other names. They're going to have a toxic relationship. They're terrible for each other. I think Andrew was the better choice. Of course he was the better choice. I'm with your husband. I hate this movie. This is me ruining my favorite movie. (laughs) You know, I, I definitely see it in different in a different light now that I'm older. Yeah. Um, you know, seeing it when I was younger and even until just a few years ago, I was just like, Oh, it's so cute. Yeah. Oh, look at her eating that cake that her fiance bought. That she left at the altar. 
<laughs> she left at the altar. Yeah. yeah, you know, before it was just like, oh my God, I love this. It's so romantic because second chance romance is one of my favorite tropes. And now I'm just like, what the fuck did Andrew do to anybody? No, nothing, nothing. Can I tell you something? I feel like Reese Witherspoon, I feel like I like her in theory. Like when I think Reese Witherspoon, I'm like, yeah, she's she's so cute. I love her. But then anytime I see her in a movie, she has this thing about her that makes me not like her character. That's called being from the South. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's not. That's that's exactly what it is. It's called being from the South. South? Yes. She is. Where is she from? New Orleans. Reese is actually her middle name. Yeah, her name is Laura Jean. Oh my God. Laura Jean Reese Witherspoon. Laura Jean is the most Southern name. I love it. But you know what, though? It is. There is something so sugary sweet about the blonde Southern woman with Mm -hmm. that, you know, that's just so sweet. And you're just like, there's something else there. Like she she has a knife behind her back. She has like she's holding an apple pie and then like a butcher knife behind her back. She's (laughs) going to bless your heart. Bless your heart, honey. Bless your heart is just southern speak for go fuck yourself bitch the teapot is empty for today don't worry more is bringing on the way we'll be back next week with another episode see you next time bye